I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. This week's episode is sponsored by Podcorn. When we started Forgotten Cinema, we knew that we would eventually want to bring on sponsors to help grow our brand. That task seemed daunting at first. Cold calling, finding out who to talk to, what do you charge, what kind of ads they want. Butler, just- Butler, calm down. <sighs> right. But with Podcorn, all our irrational fears went away. We simply created an account with our podcast, linked our show's analytics to the site, and then boom, we were in. We were immediately able to start browsing from lists of potential sponsors and choose who we thought would be the best fit. From the Podcorn site, we chose what kind of ads we wanted to do for these brands. Pre-roll like this ad, mid-roll, integrated marketing, interviews, and even giveaways. We went through and pitched a bunch of sponsors our commercial ideas and chose our own rates. Podcorn made it so easy, and they are there to help you every step of the way to answer any questions you may have. We think Podcorn will be instrumental in taking Forgotten Cinema to the next level. To learn more, check the link in our show notes and sign up for Podcorn today. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. We've just lost 90% of our young audience out there. Who's Susan Lucci? I don't know why they're an old lady voice, but anyways. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, you can for all you want. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Disney fight. <laughs> See, two dudes talking about Disney. Oh. <laughs> so many viewers. We just lost so many <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. How do you know? <laughs> if he loves you. Or no, if she. How do you know? Woo, we're doing Enchanted. That's right. Two dudes doing a, doing a romantic comedy. In fact, I think more people should do these type of movies, Butler. To be fair, I think some of my favorite ones were uh, this, Ghost Town of Meet Joe Black. I, I actually really I'm saying it's uh, embrace your sensitive side, Butler. Sometimes it's good to just not stop watching mindless violence. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love mindless violence. Whoa. <laughs> what movies are we watching that have mindless violence? I just, we watch a lot of action movies and stuff and horror, but. No, I, I, listen, I, I am a, I like romantic comedies and my, to the point where I like them more than my wife likes them. <laughs> I am, I tell her all the time that I'm a little bit more romantic than she is. She is not. She is. She does not like romance at all. That you heard me. You heard me. <laughs> and I, she knows. She's shaking her head. She knows. <laughs> so we're doing Enchanted, the Amy Adams starring vehicle that was released on November twenty first, two thousand seven. It was a Wednesday, so I'm thinking it was Thanksgiving. I think this is a Thanksgiving week opening. Why'd you say September then? You meant November. Did I say November? Say it again. Okay. I thought I said November. Oh, no, you said September. Hmm. Because I went. <laughs> Interesting. All right, here we go again. We are doing Enchanted, the Amy Adams starring vehicle, which was released on November 21st, 2007, which is a Wednesday release date, which I believe means this was a Thanksgiving week release date. I would imagine so. So this movie's about, what, 13 years old? Runtime of 107 minutes, rated PG, production budget of $85 million. It's opening weekend, it brought in $34 million. 
Domestically, it made a total of 127 million. Worldwide, 340 million, which it did really well worldwide. Yes. Internationally. Um, excuse me. But uh, so it's a hit. It's a big hit, uh, which begs the question why we did this, but we'll get to that. I was going to say, I got, I got reasons. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> so this was released on the same day as Hitman. I don't know which Hitman this was because this be there's the, like. The All of Hitman. Okay. The Mist, which has a really depressing ending. God, yeah, I can't. I can't. If that, if you ever put that on the list, I would no, just have to turn trust off the me, ending. I'm not like, putting I feel that I didn't watch the, the ending. I remember the ending. I'm good. I'm not putting that on the list. We're good. <laughs> it's like putting the road on the list. <laughs> I'm not going to put that on the list either. August Rush and This Christmas. Um, I don't think I saw This Christmas. I only saw parts of August Rush. What's when, August, what is August Rush? That's the one where the kid can play music. He can feel it. And he's looking for his parents. I think it's that one. I ve- okay. I think. I, I, I don't vaguely know. vaguely recall the thing, feeling the feeling music thing. Hmm. I don't know. The week after you had the movie Awake, which was with Hayden Christensen. That's why I think this was a, uh, this was a, this is Thanksgiving weekend because there is nothing after it. In fact, 2007 though, when I looked it up, had nothing during December, like nothing came out, which was weird. So I think the, Whatever what I was looking at was not really properly updated or researched. So I there's some there's some doubt there. The week before the 16th, you have Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, which I actually don't mind. Beowulf, which I did mind, and Love in the Time of Cholera, which I saw and was I'll probably never watch again. That was with Javier Bardem, I believe. And it's about people falling in love in the time. Of cholera. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Kevin Lima or Lima. Uh, He directed, I don't know which way to say it. He directed 102 Dalmatians, Tarzan, and a goofy movie. Written by Bill Kelly. Uh, And I'll get into some of the other. Well, I'll tell you this. It was written by Bill Kelly. And he had written Premonition and Blast from the Past, which was the Brendan Fraser movie with Alicia Silverstone. Mm -hmm. But he actually wrote this movie in the 90s. It It was written in the 90s and it was going to be rated R. But then the script was rewritten a bunch of times by the four different people. Uh, I can't say her last name. I apologize. Rita Sayo. It's H-S-I-A-O. So I apologize. Then t- and Todd Alcott rewrote it once. Then Bob Schooley and Mark McCorkle rewrote it again. And it was had Rob Marshall attached as director, had John Turtletop attached as director, and had Adam Shankman attached as a director. They all dropped out. Then it came back, came to Kevin Lima or Lima. Apologies again. I'd probably Lima. And then it returned back to Bill Kelly and Lima and Kelly worked on the script together to add a bunch of different stuff in there. So he wrote it initially and then came back and rewrote the rewrite. It's a weird way to go, but it's Hollywood wow. music by Alan Menken. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the movies. He was, he was nominated for an Oscar and excuse me that he won the Oscar little mermaid, Beauty and the beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas. He also did hunchback and the Dame, Hercules Entangled. basically did all the nineties Disney movies. He's also credited for the remakes, Beauty and the beast and Aladdin because they're using the same songs. Yeah. Cinematography by Don Burgess. Mr. Burgess has done Forrest Gump, Contact, Spider-Man, Aquaman. Produced by Barry Josephson and Barry Sonnefeld. Those are two producers on it. Barry Sonnefeld, of just the stuff that he's produced, I have Out of Sight, Space Chimps, MIB International. And Barry Josephson has produced Wild Wild West, Last Boy Scout, Lady Killers. Those are just a handful of things. They've all done multiple other stuff. They're pretty big. Yeah, they're yeah, producers. Yeah, I'm just giving you some handful of stuff because I'm not going to sit here and list their entire list. <laughs> Our cast is Amy Adams as Giselle. Uh, Miss Adams is from Arrival, Big Eyes, Sharp Objects, which is a TV show on Stars, And she was also in Talladega Nights. Uh, Amy Adams. This is actually Amy Adams' first big movie, Enchanted, I believe. 
kind of like catapulted her to other films. Uh, Patrick Dempsey as Robert Phillip. Patrick Dempsey, of course, is from Can't Buy Me Love. If for everyone out there who loves the African oh. anteater ritual. That's where everybody knows Patrick Dempsey. Absolutely. Sure. Loverboy. He's also in Scream 3. He's also in a movie that we might want to do because I remember liking this movie a lot. It's called Run. And I told, I probably told you about this movie. It takes place in Connecticut, but it's basically he sees something he's not supposed to see and he's chased after throughout the entire movie. And it's like an 80 minute movie. I actually remember liking it quite a bit. And it's supposed to take place in Connecticut. I don't know if it was shot in Connecticut. Probably wasn't. James Marsden as Prince Edward. Mr. Marsden's from Hairspray, Sonic the Hedgehog. That's coming out soon. He's also in the new Stan TV show that's coming out this year. And he started his, one of his first movies was Disturbing Behavior, which I saw in in a packed house in New York City. Woo! Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's just a must see. (laughs) Timothy Spall as Nathaniel. He's from, he's Wormtail in the Harry Potter series. He's also in Secrets and Lies and Rockstar. Idina, Idina Menzel from is Nancy Tremaine. She's from Frozen. Everyone loves Elsa. That is Elsa. She's also in Rent. She was also in the play Rent. She's in a bunch of plays. She's in Wicked. She was also in, oh, I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on it. Well, let's just say she's in Wicked. And <laughs> she's more recently, she was also in Uncut Gems. She played Adam Sandler's wife in that. Susan Sarandon as Queen Narissa from Bull Durham, Dead Man Walking. She actually won the Oscar for Dead Man Walking and Thelma Louise. And then Julie Andrews is a narrator. I'm sure you know her from Sound of Music. And I again, anytime Isaiah Whitlock, Whitlock Jr. is going to be in a movie, I'm going to bring it up. He's from The Wire. He's the, he's my favorite guy. I'm not going to say the name because this is a PG movie. I won't swear. But he has my favorite <laughs> line of dialogue in that movie. All right. This movie was nominated for three Oscars. You want me to guess? But yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sound? No. Music, obviously. If three songs. Three oh, songs. Three songs? Or not, yeah. Oh, wow. The song. How do you know? Obviously, how do you know? Because that's the big song. True Love's Kiss mm-hmm. and Happy Working Song. They all lost. They all lost to Falling Slowly from Once, which is a, that's a deserved loss. because That song is fantastic. Okay. I was yes. going to say. If only if How Do You Know is probably the song that should have been nominated once. Like the other two probably would have. OK. Yep. But, but if How Do You Know was nominated only from this movie yeah, and it was still up against Falling Slowly, I wonder if it would have given it more of a. I'll tell you this. When the True Love's Kiss or whatever started, I was like. This song's kind of catchy, but I was like, it didn't like, I was like, whatever. And then when Giselle says, how does she know that you love her? I was like, oh God, no, 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 no. And they started the song. How? What do you mean how? How does she know you love her? Oh, no, no. How does she know she's yours? Don't sit. It's okay. You know, let's just walk. Can we walk? And ever since then, awesome. it's been in my head. I've been I've been humming it, and just it's in the back of my brain right now. Because it's a good song. It's Butler. so catchy. It's a good song. It is. I might just have the uh, the steel drums playing this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Please, well, I'll pause while you play the song. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know if I asked you if you had seen this before. You had never seen this. I've seen this before. Okay, yeah. good. All right. I, I didn't That's know. why. That's why I. Said no, 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 oh, no. Okay. Happy, no. Well, you knew it was coming. You knew when the scene was. I totally forgot about that song, though. Well, before we... I was just thinking about the True Love's Kiss song. I was like, <laughs> oh, God. Before we get into it, let me just give you a brief synopsis that I found online by some rando. In the fairy tale land of Andalasia, pretty young Giselle frolics with her woodland pals. That's not, that's not accurate. And falls in love with the handsome Prince Edward. But when Giselle arrives at the castle to marry Prince Edward, his evil stepmother sends the princess to be to a place where there are no happy ever afters. And that, of course, is New York City. Cynical divorce lawyer Robert comes to a rescue. Robert is played by Patrick Dempsey. 
but can Giselle find her way back to her true love? So basically Giselle is shunned from this animated world that the movie starts off in, sent to New York City where, you know, people think she's crazy. She meets Robert Phillip and she kind of, you know, they fall in love, but she's waiting for Prince Edward to come rescue her. They all basically everybody comes from the animated world to New York City if, by way of a sewer grate in Times Square. When, How else do you get to New York City from the animated world field? Come on. <laughs> when Times Square was, you were able to drive cars through Times Square. And uh, yeah, so there you have it. I did, I did <laughs> notice that when she's almost like get hit by the car, I go, not anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is clearly, obviously it's 2007 shot in 2006. Um, yeah, so I, I like this movie. Uh, there are, I mean, that doesn't mean that there are some things that like, we can talk about. Give me something, I guess your first... I don't know. Give me something, Butler. Give me something. Give me something. Give me something. Give me something. <laughs> uh, I like this movie. The music's really catchy. Oh, no. I'm, I I do really like this movie. I think Amy Adams is really, really... I mean, this is a very good movie, but I think she really carries this movie. Well, it's her this, first big role. It's her first big role. Uh, her first big role field was on Smallville as the right, uh, fat girl who gets enough. skinny and starts eating people. But She's also in Catch Me If You Can, Butler. Is she? Oh, yeah, she, she plays so, the okay, girl yeah. that he, um, he leaves. Yep. He's going to marry Martin Sheen's daughter. The nurse. But yeah, I mean, for for her first big role, she does such a great job. She wasn't nominated for this, but she should have been. She could have it's, been. It's a weird role to nominate for an Oscar, but she does such a great job. She could have been nominated. That the would, whole thing. Yeah. From being that happy-go-lucky princess at the beginning to actually kind of realizing what true emotions are toward the end. It, it, I think she does a really good job with that transition and her character work and, and just the emotion on her face and voice and the way she changes her body language and stuff toward the whole film is really, really well done. It does play with that kind of world of the animated princess world. You know, what is it, it kind of it, it doesn't really get into depth with it. It just kind of skims the surface of all that. Well, I think because you're dealing with maybe the rated R version would. But I think because yeah. it's a kid's version, you don't want to deconstruct it too much. You don't want to get too philosophical. with. Plus, it, you but. have to put the you have to put the music numbers in there. You have also the storyline of. Prince Edward trying to come save her and his experience in the city with Timothy Spall's character, which is, excuse me, Nathaniel. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of that subplot of him being in love with the, the queen, but she doesn't respect him. That, they, they kind of had to include that too. Right. Yep. So you can't really dive too deep into what it means to be a princess in modern time. That kind of, they try to do that stuff. Yeah. absolutely. And, and you have a little bit of that when he gives her, you have, because I, I, one of the notes I had was I wonder if this movie would be made now or how it would be received now when he gives his daughter the book where it's important women in time and he's trying to he doesn't want to she, he doesn't want her to idolize princesses mm-hmm. and that the whole idea of like they're they're mindless or whatever it is whatever the idea is and and in this movie they do touch upon no she becomes something she's not just a princess she saves he becomes the damsel in distress at the they end they switch they he, reverse yeah, roles right which roles. is nice and that's good the only thing about that is. They reverse the roles, but then the dragon says it. She narrates the dragon at the end, and she basically just says it. Oh, look, sweet. It's like, you don't have to say it. We see it. That was a kind of like, mm. like there was a lot of stuff like that where they were saying things on screen that I already had noticed. I don't need it to be said to me. I, I think that's just you that's think that's a, part of the kids' movie that's kind part of, of aspect? That's part of what a Disney movie is. Mm, maybe. I mean, okay. it, it still worked. <laughs> I still liked it. I like that. Not only does Giselle go from princess to like hero and they switch roles, but Patrick Dempsey is kind of the, the hero at the beginning. He 
he catches her, he takes care of her. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's her turn to. Kind and of they repeat the, the line, thing. which I always like when they repeat lines. Uh, oh, when he catches. Yeah. She catches him. Yeah. She's I can't. I can't honestly. I can't remember what the line was, but they repeat it. The, yeah. The line when he catches her off the billboard and then she catches him off the building. Right. Is this a habit of yours? Falling off of stuff? Don't worry, we've added it in post. It's Excellent. just been said on the uh, nice. Well, I thought that's a great line. <laughs> I like that line. Well done. <laughs> I also like the line when she Prince Edward's knocking on the door. Oh, and the woman, that's one of my favorite. And she's like, time. "You're too late now, Butler. I got you some facts here, Butler. Oh, give me some facts." The woman that op- that then they open the door, and the woman that's in the apartment says, "You're too late." Is actually the voice of Pocahontas. Oh, really? Judy Coon. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Also, the secretary that he works for him that mm-hmm. she said, "Hey, can you help me out?" And she spits the goldfish out in the and. That's actually the voice of the Little Mermaid. That's Ariel. That's Jody Benson. That that one I knew. And finally, the woman that's in the soap opera that Prince Edward is watching when he's on TV is Paige O'Hara, and she plays Belle in Beauty and the Beast. What's awesome about that, and that <laughs> one of the notes I have down, oh, and actually Ariel makes sense too. In that soap opera, the song that's playing behind it is Taylor's Oldest Time is playing yep. in the background of the soap opera. Yep. When Giselle is looking at the fish tank, when the woman plays Ariel's right next to him, Part of your world is playing in the fish while she's looking at the fish tank, which is very in the underscore. It's, yeah. You can't really hear it, but it's there. Yeah, they include a lot of that stuff in there. I think that's that's part of this movie, which I really like about it. And I remember when it came out the first time I saw it, is it's a lot of it's a love letter to the old Disney. Old movie, 90s Disney movies. Yeah. Before it. Right. Not just 90s, but like all of the old I got princess you. movies. Yeah. She kind of is a amalgam of all the different Disney princesses put into one. Right. She's supposed to represent how they were, but also I think she represents their strength that you don't kind of people maybe gloss over. Yes. Because you, you see that when she goes to the real world, quote unquote, a reality and, and just how she's uh, the eternal optimist, but she's deaf, but that's not, it, that's not the only part of her character that well, I think it also shines s- through. It's also supposed to say that, you know, in a lot of this, the, the more cynical world that her happiness, her opti- optimism is a weakness when really it's a strength. Correct. The fact that all the love that she has inside of her is not, something that's that's wrong or bad or should be seen as a weakness, but is actually something that's good and the world could use more of it and every person could use more of it. Correct. And I think that, that that what you're talking about is given a lot of lip service to online in terms of on Twitter and on Facebook and like that kind of like that kind of optimist, but in the in the real world, you don't ever really see it. Right. And yep. I think that I think that's a little bit reversed. I think what it should be is that you'd like to see at some point when we're in our everyday lives where that's evident and it's not just lip service to let everyone know, Hey, this is how I feel. BS. It's not how you feel. Yeah. You know, you, you put a put up or shut up kind of thing. You know what I mean? But that's just me, I guess. (laughs) That's kind of Dempsey's character too, as well. He's very much that real world kind of sin. Like you should be nice. Like one of the things I like is he's not a bad guy. He's a nice guy. He's a good person. But, but he's, he's also like, yeah, there's he's broken because what happened he's with his broken because what happened with his life and it makes him cynical and kind of makes him not the best person to impart lessons to his, his, daughter. his daughter. Yeah. Well, he's someone who was hurt because his wife just left, which is I forgot. I thought for some reason I thought she passed away. So did I forgot. But she, she just leaves. Yeah. yeah. You kind of feel bad for Nancy, the woman that he's been with for five years, because he can't make a commitment because he's just scared of getting hurt again and having somebody come into their life and then leave. And it's really not her fault that he, he ends up falling in love with Giselle. And it's really, it's, that's awkward. 
Because it's, it, 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 it's, you know what I mean? It was awkward the first time I watched it and this time. But I mean, Nancy does get the happy ending. So she does, they, but they kind of give they, it to her. But they kind of, they throw that at the end where she wants to be swept off her feet by a Prince Charming kind of thing. Like, Which we should have seen toward the beginning. We should have saw that. We should have saw more of that in the beginning of the movie. They kind of toss that at the end. And it's just kind of like when she said, like that moment when she says, oh, just kiss her. Like that moment could have been much stronger if we saw more of that from her in the beginning you get a little bit of that when they go to her tailor shop which True. is that is that how giselle gets it does, does she inherit it yeah that, that's a little that's just roles? really <laughs> just kind of like hey guess what and she's running her own business what uh, yeah uh, okay uh, that's fine <laughs> i mean the songs she's really are great making dresses uh, the I mean, song i know the songs are great so that's fine go ahead <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you get that a little bit in her tailor shop where nancy gets the flowers with the doves oh how did you find doves in the middle of new york city yeah but she's like oh it's such a romantic gesture you get a little bit of that but it would have been nice to get some of that at the beginning when like some kind of mention of that in the when he she visits the apartment at the beginning would have mm-hmm. been nice yeah the when giselle picks up morgan to go on the shopping spree oh how much money do they spend man true but but who was watching the girl <laughs> nobody Who's watching Morgan when she walks into the, Hey, I don't know. Let's go on the shopping spree. Who, who was she in the apartment by herself? I would assume. Yeah. Who was watching her? She's very responsible. Di- girl. Uh, Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I noticed, and I think I brought this up with a previous episode and I can't remember which one it was. No, I take it back. This is something I brought up in uh, an episode I did on the Nomcast when we talked about the two popes was they they have a change of aspect ratio in this movie. So the movie opens up 185 and it's a little boxed in when they're animated. Uh do you not like that? No, that's not the, that's not okay, what, okay. that's fine. Okay. So, and then when she's sent to the real world and she's in the sewer, it goes to 235, it's widescreen, that's fine. But when they go back to the animated world to show Queen Arissa looking at with Nathaniel like he's trimming the hedges and they're looking in there, mm-hmm. that's 235. Why is that not back to the one eight five? Why I don't like that. If you're going to present, and then obviously at the end of the movie they present the world and it's two three five. I mean, I, I guess I'm fine with that. Why can't it all be two three five? I don't understand. I I'd, I'd, I'd like to know the motivation of you started off with this kind of one eight five storybook thing. Mm-hmm. That's fine, and then it's in the real world. It's it's two three five. It's widescreen. Why? Why, when we go back to the animated world, why is it? Why are we still keeping the original dimension, the original aspect ratio of the real world? I think at that point it's jarring. I think what helps the beginning transition is you go to that blackness, the world between worlds, and then when you come to, it just happens to be oh, it's wider. You didn't really notice the transition. I think to go from a cut that's just bright to another cut that's bright, and now it's the different aspect ratio. I think we would appreciate it because that's why I appreciate it. The beginning I was like, oh, it's like the same aspect ratio of movies, the older Disney films. Mm-hmm. To then just go flash to it, I think is jarring without, like, I think we just watched The Gentleman yes. a little bit after recording this and Hugh Grant's character does this monologue where he talks about old school, old school, and he talks about the formatting and then it, it slowly shrinks. Yeah, yeah. I think that works because your eyes are now adjusting to it, but I think just flashing to those different aspect ratios is a little jarring. Like, I love when the IMAX goes full screen when we watch IMAX films, mm-hmm. but I don't love that. Sometimes I really notice it because the bars all of a sudden just flash and disappear. Without a, a smooth transition, it's it's not like the one in uh, Ghost Protocol when he steps out onto the ledge and it suddenly goes what it, it yes. starts. Yeah, that that was a good thing. That's Brad Bird, by the way, everyone. So I think that's why maybe they did have it in the old at the other aspect ratio to go. That's a little like mm-hmm. flashing and that's a little jarring. Mm-hmm. 
they should have bookended it maybe yeah. with that. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not really like, oh, uh, this made me hate the movie. I just, my question was, why not, why not keep it consistent? Like, why was it? That's all. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was just kind of like a talking point. I don't really know. Maybe they tried it. And like I said, the flash, because it's just without a smooth transition, it's just jarring. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a kid's movie. Kids. I get that. Kids probably don't even appreciate the beginning where it's boxing. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that you have an accomplished singer and uh, Adina Menzel mm-hmm. and she doesn't sing. <laughs> which is fine i mean that uh, i think they had a they had a scene they had a duet with her and patrick dempsey but i think they cut it i don't know if they they shot it but i think they cut it that's interesting because i always thought this movie could use one more song there's a couple there's a couple moments where i think they cut out a bunch of stuff when they have giselle in the office after she talks to the couple that are together like she's like i can't believe you're getting separated mm-hmm. and they have that I, it's either after that or before that but she's in the office they there's a quick cut to Nathaniel in the kitchen of some deli. Yeah. And, and it, it's weird. It, it, it seemed like there's a scene in the middle that we missed. I, I was wondering how Edward ever had cash. Yeah. Like they were like he had food and he was sitting down to eat and they had that whole scene. I think there was something we missed. There's got to there. be somewhere he's having fun. Like he can't order stuff correctly. Like mm-hmm. he just automatically knows how a deli works. Yeah. I also thought that the music is also front loaded. True. It's you get your obviously you get the beginning, the true love's kiss. Mm-hmm. And then you get the how do you know? I guess it's the halfway point. Probably. But then you don't have an ending song. And I, I don't really, it didn't really bother me the first time I watched it, but this time I wasn't a big fan of the song at the end. The, 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 yeah, the, cover the, uh, of the song, like the 1990s yeah. girl band cover. It just seemed very. Talk about the guy that got the Don McLaughlin song? No, well, not at the one at the ball. Okay. That's, which one? that's nice. I like that. Although what? it is a very 90s song. Of course. The, well, that's the whole thing. Like her costumes change, they get more modern. And to the end, when she goes to the ball, she's not dressed. Like anybody there, she's dressed like somebody going to a party in nineteen and two thousand seven. Because now she doesn't want to be that kind of person. Right? Well, she's she doesn't. Yeah, now exactly. she's the modern person. And okay, yeah, those, yeah. But what what song are you talking about? When they're doing the montage of Giselle being happy and Nancy going to the cartoon world. Oh, at the end, end. Yeah, oh, at the end, end. It's right, like a cover right. of True Love's Kiss, I think. Oh, we, okay. <clears throat> yeah, but they have that at the end of Tangled. They have a song that's not even in the movie that's I, like a 90s song. I, I get that. But in Enchanted, I, I just don't think it fit well. And mm-hmm. I think it could have used, we could have used a, maybe Adina Mazel and mm, I uh, guess could have had a, their own little duet thing right there. Because I just feel like you, you did Disney music up to there. Now we're watching devil, devil wears Prada or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a chick flick kind of like girl power movie. And it's, it's not what it was. And all of a sudden it becomes that with the storybook closing with the, this movie. It's it's yes. I found that a jarring uh, song selection mm-hmm. in, in like a complete change of music. And then, uh, okay, maybe it's modern. But then the credits start and you're back to that cartoon world again. Mm-hmm. I just I just thought that could have been either a sweeping score or a new Alan Mankin. Well, perhaps when they do their sequel that they keep talking about doing. And this is why it's forgotten the cinema. Oh, go for mm-hmm. it. So this movie made a ton of money. It did. And then there was talk of Enchanted 2 uh, it, like, what, from it, like after Christmas. Time. It was supposed to be called Disenchanted. Go ahead. Uh, That's what like, it's called. Disenchanted. Like uh, and then it never happened. Well, they're still working on it. It's in the script stages. It is 13 years it's a po- It's a The movie's supposed to... I will tell you right now, Butler. Disenchanted is supposed to be... It's supposed to take place 10 years after the stuff that happened in Enchanted. And it is supposed to be about Giselle questioning her happiness. And when she questions her happiness, she turns the lives of everyone's... It turns up... She turns... 
inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world and Andalasia upside down in the process. So, you know, they have they have here on IMDb Pro, they have Adam Shankman as a director. He's attached. Now, he didn't do Enchanted. It was it was obviously a different person. We, we talked about Lima, um, but it's the same writer. So, I mean, I mean, they've got it in the works. Yeah, they've had it in the works. I know. So I get long. that. I, I get that. It's, you know, the movies take time, man. I get that. But now you're 13 years later. Amy Adams is a please. She'll do it. 46, 47. Great acclaim. Oscars. Like, is she still signed to it? Will she do it? So as you all know, we record these episodes about 10 weeks in advance. And since then, Adam Shankman has come out and said that he will be indeed directing Disenchanted, the sequel to Enchanted, and the sequel to Hocus Pocus, coming soon to probably Disney+. Plus. So I guess I was wrong. My bad. Back to your regularly scheduled podcast. I, I don't know if she's the same kind of actress that she was I back think back. this movie probably would still do good. If, they, if Disenchanted, if she's in it and everyone returns, this movie would do well. Why do you, you so you think it's the forgotten? The girl is what twenty now. Okay, so focus well, why is it? Then why do you think it's forgotten? I, I I just think it was a huge deal when it right. came out, right? And I, I I really like this. I think this movie is really really good. And then it just kind of went by the wayside. We talk about when we were talking about Bolt and how we both love Bolt, right? And you don't see nothing about Bolt, true. Anywhere you talk about Disney, I think it's the same thing with Enchanted. Now I can't speak to what it's like in Disney World. Because I've never been. You, you oh, God, just I've never been there. I'm sorry. It's expensive. Well, I will tell you I this. I never went on vacation when I was young. The, what the, so they were going to, because she's that, technically she's a Disney princess. I read that they didn't want to include her because they didn't. They don't want to pay for her Adam's lifetime rights. Lifetime rights. They yeah. don't want to pay for yeah her lifetime rights. Yeah, that's but, but that's understandable because that's expensive. They bought Fox and. Well, and that Lucasfilm. was, but they, again, this was 10 years ago. This was in true. 2007. Okay. So maybe that's 13 years ago. So maybe that'll change. Maybe. Maybe they'll re, you know, go back to that. I think Giselle earned her place. <laughs> <laughs> but technically, she's not the princess now. It's actually Prince uh, uh, Nancy. Nancy's the princess. Technically, Giselle never became a princess because she mentions that she wasn't a princess. Right. She's just, she lived in the woods with her woodland creatures. She was destined to become a princess. But she didn't want it. But she did, in the end, right. she didn't want it. Yeah. So yeah, so there, some that's probably why too. But I, but that's probably why it's it's technically not talked about a lot because it's not in, the it's pantheon. not included. It's not included with like when you have Ralph breaks the internet and they have that scene where Vanellope is in. I know way too much about kids movies. When Vanellope goes into the Disney princess, the Disney room. princess back room and right. they're all there and they're all the characters that all those people that play those characters are playing those roles. She's not there because they don't have the rights and they don't know that. You know what I mean? She's kind of like the yeah. forgotten one. Oh, it, Moana's not in there either, is she? Uh, Moana's in there. Is she in that I'm room? I haven't sure. seen it yet, but I didn't remember. Her no, I'm pretty Moana's can see. Yeah, okay. no, she's in I mean, there. she technically, she definitely is a princess. Oh yeah. No, oh, yeah. she's in there. Yeah. And Moana's a great movie too. I we watched Moana. it the other day. Well, I know way too many kids. I watch Moana all day. I think Moana's just. All day, every day, Butler on Moana. <laughs> My girlfriend was like, oh, we didn't watch it. And I had wanted to, but I didn't. And uh, it was like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I was like, all, all right. Her song, her main song is good when they're. I like a lot. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Their song is good. There's a lot of single uh, good, good songs. The crab song is is fun too. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I wasn't expecting much from it. I was like, all right, let's watch it. Because after Frozen came out, no one talked about Moana anymore. <laughs> no, and, but I will. I but mean, I, I've said I, this already. But Tangled's better than Frozen. And, and I know that's not a hot take because everyone has that take. It is. Though. Tangled has a lot of better songs than Frozen. Moana's better than Tangled. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> no, I disagree. I, I like Tangled more than Frozen as well, but I think Moana is probably the best thing they've put out since. Uh, listen, I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know where that's coming from because they completely don't use the pig at all. And the pig could have been in the entire movie and the, the pig's pig left on the island. On the yeah, yeah I, so, I agree with that. 
more pig in the second yeah, one. But but tangled. The chicken, I, I will say that tangled is better than Moana. Agree. All you want. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Disney fight. <laughs> <laughs> See, two dudes talking about Disney. Oh. But the chicken in Moana, though. What's that? The stupid chicken. The chicken's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I get you. I, I'm fine with that. But but, but I'll, I'll counter with the horse in Tangled. The horse in Tangled, yeah. And, and the with and the, the whole thing guy. with the frying pan stuff, and the whole thing with the uh, when they go all the all the the bad guys, the the thugs or whatever they're called. I can't remember what they, the disreputable dudes. I can't remember what they're called. Remember. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It has a great song at the end when they're singing and they're on the boat, and that's a, that's a nice love song when they're putting the uh, when the the King and queen let go of the whatever it is, the fire, the little candle thing, yeah. yeah. And they go up in the air, and then the lanterns, the, and then yeah. Did you notice that entangled that lantern <laughs> that they release the king and queen because it's meant to go find the lost princess is the one that comes back down when she's on the boat and she lifts it up. Did you notice that, Butler? I did not notice. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Right? See, I know the worlds her. of Tangled and Yes, I know because she's in the she's in Frozen. <laughs> this is really bad. This is this just goes to our street Craig as dudes. That's fine. That's fine. No, it just means we're more secure. Listen, here's the thing. There's a, <laughs> we're not the only podcast people out there that do movies, obviously. And most podcast guys are guys that do movies. But let's be honest. You, you we, we can't all you can't all just do Joker all the time. You got to do other movies. You got to <laughs> watch other films. And, you know, I'm sorry, but it's important to watch everything. And there are a lot of good stuff. And, and I would I wonder if people stay away from Enchanted. Because I don't know why. She's very, very girly. And that, who cares? It's but nobody. It's not. I, I love it. No, I think it, it's yeah. great. But yeah, I think maybe a lot of guys, especially like you talk about, like podcasters, are just about Joker, Joker, this movie, this. You once upon a time. In it's Hollywood. the same stuff. Yeah, it's the same stuff that over and, go, and you know, over. Listen, me. I like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I oh, love absolutely. it. It was great. I love 1917. But we just sat here and had a five minute conversation about Tangled and Moana and and Enchanted, and <laughs> I can tell you the ton of the romantic comedy movies that I've watched that I'm. Proud to say that I love yeah. and enjoy. So I just, again, that goes to watch, I, that goes to don't be, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't stick your, don't, yeah, don't be stick your nose in the air at certain genres. You should always, you should watch them all. I mean, granted, if you don't like them, you don't like them, but that doesn't mean they're not well done. That doesn't mean there might not be one or two in there that. That's a, that's a weird tangent we've gone on. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know what I would like to see, Butler? I would like to see at some point when we transition to bigger and better things when we do our quote-unquote forgotten entertainment enterprise that we keep talking about privately behind the scenes we've got plans people and we move on and we do a bunch of stuff i would like to see a forgotten cinema show which has two female cast members with two female leads not us two people that are different different walks of life and talk about different movies i would like to see that do you think that's forgotten cinema the next generation? Oh, that's fine. I just think <laughs> that I think that our voices, while I enjoy listening to them and while I enjoy talking <laughs> movies with you and I will keep talking movies, I think our voices are are not unique enough. I think we need we need unique voices on these mics to talk about different movies other than the same movies that all dudes talk about. We are unique. No, we are. Under, don't underplay us. I'm not talking <laughs> bad about us. I'm just saying that I think that we should be a stepping sto- stool for a lot of other voices. Sure, I agree okay. with that. Anyways, we're we're cutting that's, this that's out. A, this is we're on a major, major tangent. We are. We are. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's happening. Um, I forget how good some of the the dialogue and how funny some of the stuff was in this. Like, I I, I 
laughed out loud way more than I thought I was going to watching this the second time. As an example? When she's cleaning the apartment. When With she the rats? Into the real world and the rats. And the rats are cleaning the... The toilets, and then one of them falls into the toilet. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I just started laughing. When they're cleaning it with that. toothbrushes. Oh my god, <laughs> that house might look clean, <laughs> but it is. It is not clean. Yeah. When the soap scum cockroaches come out and they clean the tub. Oh, that might be clean. First of all, the soap scum. So this guy's a slob. This guy's a complete pig. <laughs> I he, think he just kind of goes to work and lets his daughter do whatever she oh, wants. Hold on. He is, lives on the Upper West Side, right? Oh yeah. Okay. He's a divorce lawyer, so he's got money. Mm-hmm. You can't. You don't have maid service. You don't have somebody that comes in and cleans the house, cleans the apartment. Well, what I got in the scene where he's in the the law firm where his boss is yelling at him, I gave you this. I gave you this chance. Which yeah, he I might not be like. Uh, he might be on the on the. I don't get that too. You and, begged to be on this case. It's a divorce case. Are these people like famous? Are these people like big time celebrities that I don't know about? You begged to be on a divorce proceeding? They might just have a lot of money. I guess. They don't. And that guy, that guy that is his boss is, is a character actor. You've seen it in a bunch of stuff. I feel like we miss scenes because they're. I thought that. You know what I mean? Like him mentioning that there's got to have been. We must have missed a lot of work that. stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the other lines I like. A lot of Dempsey's. Uh, kind of disaffected lines are really good when his daughter, when Morgan goes up to him and goes, she's, she's, uh, she must be really sleepy. And he looks at her and goes, Oh no, Oh no, no, that is, that is not acceptable. No. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, one of the moments I liked was he lets her sleep there and that's fine. But then he goes into the room and tells her daughter, like just sleep with me tonight. And I'm like, like I get that line because you want to be nice, but you don't want to have your daughter sleep alone. You want her with you, and I, I just I don't know why I like I like that moment because I'm just I, that's that moment seems just very, true. Yeah, it's a true caring father moment. Right. Like, come. Yeah. Yeah. I I also like that moment a lot. Mm-hmm. I also like how Maddie gets when she makes <laughs> the dress out of her curtains. <laughs> like you think, oh, she made a really nice dress. The animals must have given that to her, mm-hmm. and then. You, Two seconds later, he walks in the living room and you see, oh, no, that's not true. I enjoy that they have her make him coffee and, and, and breakfast, not not knowing how to make any of that stuff. But she knows. <laughs> I think she figures it out. Yeah, I know. That's fine. It, it's 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 cereal, man. That's all she does. She just <laughs> oh, makes I thought she coffee. made eggs. Oh, no, okay. it's Chex, It's like Chex Mex. Oh, OK. Oh, um, Chex Mex. Another thing I like at the beginning when the animals are there, mm-hmm. obviously, his daughter sees Giselle singing with the animals, making them clean. She gets the dad out. Patrick Dempsey sees, oh, the house is all clean, whatever. Doesn't see the animals. You think it's going to be one of those movies where he just never sees her use her kind of powers or whatever. Yeah. And then he goes in the bathroom and it's like, okay, no, he's going to see it because the pigeons are helping her with the towel and stuff right. like that. Which I, I really appreciated because you could easily go the other way where the whole time he doesn't he doesn't know really see that kind of truth, I guess. Mm-hmm. I I would be a little bit more concerned when I escort 30 rats out of my apartment <laughs> and cockroaches and I, the pitch is not so much. Maybe they got through a window, but if I had 30 rats in my apartment and I'm kicking them out, I'm calling somebody oh, and the bees. Don't forget about the swarm. I thought bees. those are flies. Those flies are flies, or bees, yeah. whatever. That, he picks would, up the rats real easy too. I would not touch those. Oh, that, that will, yeah, that, that, that would concern me. I, <laughs> I, that would just immediately, I'd be calling on the phone going, what the heck is going on? There's tons of rats in my, in my apartment. Maybe that's just me. He also kicks one. It's like, clean your house, dude. Come on, don't. <laughs> that's another part I laughed. I laughed really hard when the song ends and she's like, doesn't it feel good when we all work together? And the pigeon looks at the cockroach and then just eats. eats it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, oh, 
Oh, another thing is, did you notice the Forgotten Cinema episode crossover kind of there was as a character in another Forgotten Cinema? No, go. So Artie, one of the guys working on the sewer hole, is Chipmunk from Two Family House. Ah, you're right. Nice job. Nice job. Nice job. Well done. Thanks. Now, I'm not going to... I know there's two evidence. There's two moments of this. I think I remember which ones we are, but I'm probably sure you have these in your notes. Why don't you tell me where the hidden Mickey Mouse ears are? There's there's two hidden Mickeys in this movie. One of them, I I don't know if this counts as a hidden Mickey, but I guess the bus driver's hair, uh, hair buns, when James Barton sticks to the train, that's supposed to be one of them. Mm -hmm. The other hidden Mickey is going to be at the pizza place when they're eating the pepperoni pizza has in the center the two the three pepperonis that are in the center Mm -hmm. form a Mickey Mouse head. I know you like that. I I do like. Do you like the fact that everybody cheers that they? given a horrible death to the chipmunk in the fire. First of all, I'm okay with them thinking it's like some kind of rat and rodent that needs to sure. be dealt with. Sure. Okay. It's New York. Why are you celebrating that now a rodent has been cooked? Like if you guys like this pizza place, I'm never eating at this pizza place again. <laughs> exactly. Now you've ruined this brick oven pizza. <laughs> I would not be cheering. I'd be like, Oh, ugh, ugh, honey, let's go. We got to find a new pizza place. <laughs> nice. I do like Pip though. I think he's really funny. I felt really bad for him when he gets put on the uh, the clothes hanger. Oh, yeah, that had to hurt. Like, Those hurt when you snap torture. him on your own finger. And then he puts the uh, the do not disturb sign around his neck like a weight. Oh, right, right. Like, oh, dang, man, that's, yeah. that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like James Marsden in this? I like James Marsden. No, I, I think he's really No, listen, underrated. I agree. Yeah. I do think he is. I mean, I got to tell you. I'll, I will say some this. Some of the best acting I saw last year was in those Nacho Fries commercials on Taco Bell. <laughs> Here's my one note about James Martin I wrote, though. James Martin, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> Listen, I like 27 Dresses, and he's in that. He's got so many oh, movies where he doesn't end up with the girl. Though. He does in 27 Dresses. That, okay, X-Men, mm-hmm. uh, the remake of... I mean, he does end up with his wife, but what's the one where they go to the... It's the rated R movie with Kate Bosworth's in it. It's the remake of the... the oh, movie. Straw Dogs? Straw Dogs. Yep. This movie, like, he just never gets... He just A lot of movies, he does not get the girl. Yeah, he... He's he's really good and he's really he's funny and he's great in hairspray. Oh, Superman Returns is another one where he doesn't get the girl. Yep. Yep. He's good. And I, I would like to see him in a big role. I don't I don't know, maybe that's just not his thing. Maybe people don't I don't know. I'm curious to see how he's gonna do in the stand, the 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 new one. He's playing Stu Redman. He's also in the new show on FX coming out, Mrs. America with Kate Blanchett. He's in that. Did you see that? It's about like the women's movement uh, in the seventies. I did not see any. I think it's about. That. I think it takes place in the seventies. He's in that. He's in that as well. But cool. like I said, some of the best acting of the year last year was from the Taco Bell nacho fries retrieval commercials. I'm and sorry. I will say this: Taco Bell. If you want to sponsor us, your nacho fries are out of this world. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't need a Taco Bell. Nacho fries are fries, dude. I'm sh- what? The nacho fries are just fries. That doesn't matter. They don't fry any meat. They just fry tortilla shells. The fryers are safe. All right. What? What is this? Are you pitching me not Taco Bell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, Butler does product placement now. Fun I mean, fact. It's, it's unfunded product placement <laughs> for now. Fun fact, Butler's easy. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> so anyways, yes, uh, we both like James Marston in a cool way. Timothy Spall is really good, too. He's fine. Wormtail. My daughter was, I was watching this and my daughter Penelope is currently reading the Harry Potter books. And oh, she's cool. seen some of them, but she is reading... Um, 
Prince of Azkaban, not Prince of Azkaban, Prisoner. the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's where he appears. Right? Yeah. yeah. So she was asking me about Wormtail. I'm like, oh, that's who plays him and throughout the movies. And But she was asking me, like, is Wormtail bad or something like that? I'm like, I'm not telling you. And like, she, she was just kind of like trying to figure it out. If you're listening to this, though, yes. She, she has almost finished that book. She should be moving. By the time this is coming out, I'm sure she's on Galvato Fire. Is she reading them and then watching the movies? Uh, you know, what's funny is I said to her, I was like, let's watch the first one. I kind of want to watch it on my own. And I was like, oh, Ouch. <laughs> I know. Right. Man. But I told her about the. The. Store opening up the Harry Potter oh, store. Yeah, opening my, up. My that's is really that's this summer, that. right? Or is it next summer? Is uh, it 2020? Uh, I think it's this year, but I thought it was the fall. I no, I, I heard the, the article that you sent me said the summer. Said the summer. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. Okay. I was wrong. I mean, yeah. I assume they've already started. You're probably getting the, oh, it's opening, but they've already started building it. Right. I, I assume it's going to be a, it's going to be like Harry Potter World and Universal, mm -hmm. but instead of the stores being spread out amongst the park, each floor will be like a different store. So you'll have Diagon Alley, of course. You'll probably have Hogsmeade. I imagine. They, yeah. They've got to serve food there, too. It's oh, going to sure. be a whole thing. Of course. But she wants, she's excited about that. I'm sure it's going to be super cheap, though. <laughs> <laughs> Affordable, right? And it'll probably be so busy that first summer. That it'll oh, be, I know. I mean, luckily, it'll be the summertime, so it'll no. be cold. But you I have to stand outside in line until they have enough The summer might not be as bad as the holiday. The holiday will be bad. Yes. Yeah, that'll be really bad. September and October is when you want to try to hit it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Maybe you should get a job there. How much? Can you imagine that business? Oh, my gosh. Are they paying me for the travel? No. <laughs> Why would they pay for the travel? Because it's costly. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Listen, we live really close to the city, but people that aren't close to a major city, the amount of money it costs to take the public transport system. That oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not. I wouldn't work in the city unless I was getting compensated for that travel, but I was making a ton of money. Right. And, and I mean, that's that's I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not at the point in my my career where I, I need that, I guess. I mean, I don't mind going in and out of the city to do conduct business, but to be there nine to five, that's tough. And we know somebody that does that. Yeah, he's always exhausted. Exactly. And if he, you're listening, kudos for you for doing it, man. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> uh, money. <laughs> so yeah. Well, let's get back to this movie because we've just we've gone on like eighty tangents. There are a lot of tangents this episode. So my kids had never seen this movie, so when I put it on, they were like they were kind of into it, which you don't really. I mean, this came out in 2007 and my firstborn was born in 2006. So I'm so I'm very surprised I never had it on before. I own it for crying out loud, but we never had it on. That So it was it was good to have them kind of see it and check it out and sing along to the songs. Are they going to play? Uh, How do you know that she loves you a lot? <laughs> no, I I'll tell you this. Probably not. When I first watched this movie, I probably had that song on like just stuck in my head. I might listen to it on the car ride back home now. Oh, are you gonna sing? It's in my brain. Close your eyes and start singing real loud. I'll sing. I got no problem, man. I've got problems when I hear you sing. I'm just. How do you know? All right, that's not the kind of. It's not the kind of podcast. That's. I also like when Patrick Dempsey starts to get into it and he starts like bopping his head and realizes it. A friend of ours is actually in that scene. She plays one of the German dancers. That's her troupe. Oh, so cool. she was she she went out to go in there. They had a, it took like seven. I don't know how long they did, but the whole thing took like seventeen days, two and a half weeks for them to film, to get to set up and put together. Right, I so mean, it's a huge Central scene. Park itself, yeah. Right? And you have to keep yeah. and, and like if you have an overcast day, you can't shoot. Uh, so I don't know how long she had to do that, but I know that her troop was in there dancing and all that stuff. And I, you see her a couple times in the movie, so that was pretty cool for them. They were excited about that. Did you know that in that musical scene, one of the um, older men? 
when they're handing the flowers to the yes, ladies. Yes, I know where they, you're going. One of them is uh, one of the chimney sweeps in Mary yep. Poppins and Dance. So I thought that was a cool connection. That's cool. There's also two two of the older guys in that in that same group were also in the original West Side Story. Oh, that's cool. yeah. yeah. So yeah, but that's I mean, neat. but that's cool though. When you have, I actually like that when the older men and the older women are dancing. It's like you don't really see that a lot. You yeah. see like people in makeup, or you know, it's like, nah, come on, let's get let's get the people that have been doing it. And they actually did do it, which is cool. No, it's fantastic. It's great. That's like in the Mary Poppins, the Mary Poppins Returns. That's Dick Van Dyke dancing. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. That's, that's amazing. That's fantastic. He's 94 when he's. When, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Absolutely. So I actually really like the animation at the beginning. Uh, one of my notes was how it's so classic Disney, but it actually was not done by Disney. By Disney. It was right. done by another studio and it actually took quite a while for them to get even those scenes done. Uh, I think I have the notes. This movie took two years. It did take two years, and the animation itself took a little over a year to finish the whole thing. The whole movie took two years. The live action stuff was shot in 72 days. The animation, which is only, I don't know, what would you say, 15 minutes of the movie? Uh, It's pretty big. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, 15 is probably. Yeah, 15, maybe 20. Took over a little over a year to hold, do the whole thing. So, mm. I mean, that just shows how much work and effort goes into true anime. Like, not. It was hand drawn, right? Hand drawn animation. Like, the real effort that goes into that. And you imagine when they made the older Disney films back, you know, in the time of Cinderella and Snow White, where you didn't even have keyframes. You couldn't just do, okay, now this character's here. The body's not moving copy paste on the computer mm. where you have to reanimate the whole thing. Right. Not with no computer assistance. Just, it's just a lot of effort goes into animation, which you don't see that often anymore, but you have to appreciate when it's actually done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually take it back. The, the animation that you're talking about, the James Baxter animation, those that's the studio, right? Mm -hmm. They did Curious George. Yes. And Amy Adams' dress weighed 45 pounds. I saw that too, yeah. <laughs> that is a that, heavy dress. That's a pain. That is... Which yes. I actually really like when they're trying to get her through the door and then just... It breaks. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how she got through any of the other doors. So would you recommend this to... Who would you recommend this movie to? Everyone, man. <laughs> I think this is a really nice feel-good movie. I think everyone should see this movie. I okay. Disney fans should see this movie because it's a nice deconstruction of a lot of the uh, the tropes of Disney films. And there's a little bit of stuff in there. Like, obviously, when she's looking at the fish tank and Ariel's music plays and the Beauty and the Beast music plays a little bit. It just sells a little bit of every Disney princess. Mm -hmm. I think the movie is funny. You get the prince going around with a sword. Mm -hmm. I mean, little girls, little boys, older people, teenagers. I, it's it's tough to get teenagers to watch something like this because they'll be like, that's not cool, man. That's lame at that point. Because <laughs> you're kind of like in between. You, you think you're too old for kitty stuff, so you don't want to go back and watch it. The what, the, you think teenagers watch this secretly without anyone knowing that they're watching it? Yeah, probably. They hate I mean, watch it. I mean, I was a teenager when Ice Age came out and I watched that in the privacy of my own home. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, I, I really like that. Ice Age? But you know, I wouldn't talk like, oh yeah, so good, dude. Like, a, yeah, I gotcha. Like, you just don't want to admit that you watch stuff like that that are more kid-friendly. But, you know, family-friendly films or romantic comedies, like you said, there's no shame in watching and they're good. Well, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think this is well-made. Yes. I think Amy Adams does a fantastic job. I think Patrick Dempsey is really good in this. I think he... Uh, McDreamy. Is he yeah. McDreamy or McSteamy he's or something? McSteamy? We're talking about Grey's Anatomy because that's... Because that's... That's where he's been on for... Forever. Well, that's... He was... Uh, he was obviously an 80s actor, you know, younger yeah. actor. Those are the movies that I brought up, but... Uh, at some, he kind of just not disappeared, but didn't really, wasn't getting big roles. And then was on Grey's Anatomy for, I don't know, years. I have no idea. I never I watched that show. I think he might show. still be on it. But that's what kind of what brought him back into 
you know, the, the general conversation where you, now you start seeing him in some of these movies like Enchanted. He did another one where he goes to Scotland and someone's getting married or he's trying like to that. stop I, that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I would like to see him in more feature films. Yeah. I think he does a really good job. He's a good actor. But I think he probably gets paid a lot for Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I'm so sure. Probably well, and that probably takes a lot of his time since it's a 24 or 22 episode series. That's fine. That pays the bills. Go exactly. for it. If he ever left, he'd, he's good in film. I think the problem I don't think is that whether he would get films, it's, you know, you got to travel to go do them. We just talked about last week. We talked about the Frighteners that, Michael you know, Michael J. Fox. Be more right. So, right. I mean, you do a movie when you're doing a show like Grey's Anatomy, that's an every, you're going to nine to five every day, you come back, come home, go to your house, see your kids, all that stuff. I mean, I get that. You don't, I mean, I, everyone should, would, would want that. Oh yeah. I think that's, um, I'm not positive. But I'm pretty sure that's one of the main reasons that Stephen Amell actually left Arrow after eight years was because he had to go to Toronto from the show, go back to LA, visit his family. That's tough. And he'd go back not, and forth yeah. every weekend. So it's just after eight years, he's like, I'm going to get a job in LA. That's, and that's, we talked about, I think Jack Black's talking about kind of retiring spend, a little because yeah, he wants to, with his family. and that is all, that's great. That is perfectly understandable. And that's, right. that's, and honestly, the way, the way TV is now, the quality of content that's on TV now, it, it there's no longer that stigma of, Oh my God, your TV actor is TV gone. Actor, yeah. That is gone now. Yep. And then, if you can, you can get the same quality of writing and and work on TV that you can in film. Why wouldn't you want to do that if you want to spend more time with your family? Please go for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So I mean, I got nothing else, man. This movie's good. Watch it. We think it's forgotten because. Me really say Ooh. why you think it was forgotten. Why well, do you agree with my? Well, I think you. I think. Part of the reason we Nothing talked about it, princess. it's not, it's, she's technically not in the Dick Disney princess lexicon for a variety of reasons, just because she's not a princess technically. And also they didn't want to pay for her lifetime rights to create. So yeah. Because she's not merchan- merch. merchandisable. Oh, you can't. Yeah. This movie is, you, is, you can't really merchandise this movie. It's got up syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I think that, I think that's why, you know, you can't really sell this because you can't, you can't really compete against. Well, I, this is 2007, so I'm trying to not use it in terms of Tonight. Tangled and Frozen. Frozen and anything that's come out now, even though Tangled is back then too. But so you, I'm trying to more compare it towards what came out maybe in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's, you know, it's part live action, part animated, so that's really difficult. And I mean, you really, there's no rides for it. There's, there's, you know, the whole thing about Disney is if you can sell it, not just in the movie form, but keep it in the public consciousness. Right. Forever. Kids grow up with it and they become huge fans of it. They tell their kids about it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you can't, you don't have that with this movie. So that's, and that's, that's just probably why nobody really refers to it when they're like, oh, let's go. What, what movie would you like to watch? It kind of, it kind of gets forgotten a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that's why. I think it's also forgotten in terms of. I think when people think of Amy Adams now, they think of her as a dramatic actress. They don't really maybe think of her turn as uh, Giselle anymore. Sure. I mean, but this movie is what put her on that map. This is what put her on. Yeah, right. absolutely. And if she didn't ever go back to that kind of role, that's fine. But if she did, she can do it. And I mean, I think it would, you know, we'd be better for it because we'd be able to see that. Sure. So, yeah, but I agree. Yeah, that's probably the main reason why I think it's forgotten, just because it's not marketable for Disney to sell merch on it. But who knows what happens if they if they ever get around to doing the sequel to uh, Disenchanted, which is a, which is a really good title. I know I read the synopsis real quick. I don't know how they're going to make that work or they're like, I'd be interested to see what they're going to do. Would they go back to the animated world more? Would do you think like. They say, hey, Disney, we've got it. This is our script. Is Disney going to go, okay, that's fine, but we need to know how to sell it. 
we need to make merch off of it. Like you said, now they probably have the money to get the rights for Amy Adams. They have to get her lifetime rights to, for her for her face. There's no way. Unless they so um, much money they get. Unless they just change the way she looks in the animated world where it's not like her. I don't think the animated her in the movie really looked too too much like her. But the Nancy character did. The Nancy character did. Yeah. I don't know. Let's be interested. That'd be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. But I think I think the sequel would do well. Mm-hmm. I think you'd have people that kind of grew up with Enchanted regardless. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Amy Adams has only grown in stardom, but it, and it's not like it's Enchanted 2. It's a different titled movie. So you right. could play it off as a different movie. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. There's a first one. And like I mentioned before, the Morgan character, his daughter is now probably she was five back then. It's 13 years. She's probably 1920. Could play her as a disaffected youth or something, maybe just younger. Someone looking for her, Prince Charming. Or right. Well, if this is supposed to be 10 years after. Become kind of more like maybe she's no longer as connected with Gisela as she was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can play with that. Gisela, Gisela beats her and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. PG, That's not funny. That's I'm not sorry. Funny. I'm sorry. Oh, apologize. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that's all I got. All right. That's Wait. all I got. Hey, so that's that's starting to catch rays. That's all I got. <laughs> I think I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, I guess I will tell everybody that feel free to visit us on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. That's our website where all our episodes are located. You can also check out our merch store. That's on the menu page. Or that's on the main menu. Just click on merchandise and you'll see we sell shirts and leggings, apparently, and stickers. <laughs> um, so, you know, so you can be a walking billboard, as Mike likes to say. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for Forgotten Cinema Pod. You can also email us at ForgottenCinemaPod at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or you just want to say, hey, what's going on? Or if you want to, I don't know merchandise our looks for our lifetime rights so that we can have dolls. <laughs> I don't know what you want to do. Um, yeah, we're uh, available. Also, there's a contact form on the website. Listen, just reach out and, you know, have a conversation. We, we're, we're okay with that too. We like movies. We like talking about them. Join us next week as we're going to be doing a movie that Mike's never seen. We're talking about the Robert Redford 1990s film sneakers. I have not, but yes. I wear them often. Yes. That's not what it's about. <laughs> uh, it's actually uh this is a this is a this is probably one of the movies that really yes this is forgotten kind of thing you know what I mean like it highlights forgotten cinema is sneakers so I'm interested in and in, I'm interested in your take on that because I like this movie quite a bit so anyway so that's next week we're doing sneakers uh, Mike do you have anything to add did I forget something you mentioned <laughs> that I'm Mike Butler and I'm Mike Field and this has been Forgotten Cinema. Oh, I did it this time. Oh, I did it this time. That's, uh, we're going to have to redo that.